بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول اما بات الحمد للہ از دا of June in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we've completed the second month the 60th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu so to mention another virtue of these blessed days a few nights prior I mentioned the verse in surah al-hajj surah 22 verse 28 Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ويذكر اسم الله في أيام معلومات And remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the well-known days. And I mentioned that Abdullah ibn Abbas said that these are the 10 days of Zul-Hijjah. This is in Sayyid Bukhari. But there's another verse. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2 verse 203, Allah the Almighty and Glorious He says, وَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ فِي And remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the appointed days. Here, the meaning is different. In Sayyid Bukhari, Behaqi in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 1383, Abdullah ibn Abbas recited this verse. He explained, this refers to the days of Tashriq. This refers to the days of Tashriq, i.e. the days on which sacrifice takes place, 11th to the 13th. Imam Qurtubi said this is the view of the majority of scholars. This is in Qurtubi in his tafsir. <coughs> so simply put, in one verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands, remember me on the ma'lumat, the well-known days. These are the 10 days of Zul-Hijjah. In the verse in Surah Baqarah, verse 203, he changes the wording, subhanahu wa ta'ala, ayyamin ma'adudat. Remember me on the appointed days. These are the days of Tashriq. So the days of Tashriq are the days of Takbirat. So you start on the day of Arafat, the 9th, and you do it for five days. The 9th, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th, until Maghrib. So you are five days of Takbirat. That is what this verse is referring to. Allah Ta'ala is saying, remember me on the appointed days. So now for the first eight days of Zulhijjah, we are encouraged to utter the third kalima. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. If you wish, wala hawla wala quwata illa billahi lali lazim. The hadith is in Ahmad authentic. But from the ninth, which this year in the year 2023, The day of Arafat is on Tuesday. Then you switch to this zikr. It is wajib for the Hanafis to utter it once audibly after every Farad prayer. There are three different takbirats which are authentic. The easiest one is Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Kabira. The one that is probably more famous, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. And there's a third, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi Alhamd, Allahu Akbar, Wa Ajallu, Allahu Akbar, Allah Mahadana. And the Sahabu would utter these zikr so much, they would lose their voice. So inshallah, this will start on Tuesday. So note, 
There's actually a dhikr that takes place after the blessed 10 days. And of course, this is showing the greatness of these honorable days. And we're on the section in which I'm mentioning some of the blessed words of wisdom from the great Ibrahim Mas'ud Allah. And we're on the subsection in which he's encouraging one and all to stick to the sunnah and to avoid innovations. And the last thing I mentioned, which I'll mention again, the Prophet said, Tuba to the strangers, glad tidings or a tree of paradise to the strangers. They asked, Ya Rasulullah, who are the strangers? He said, those that purify and correct what the people have corrupted of my sunnah. The corruption is no other than misguided innovations. So those who try to purify the worship, the Prophet goes, I'm giving you glad tidings. So what does that mean? The sunnah will become corrupted. And this would become the norm. Look how strange. And we're living through these times. So much so that people who follow the sunnah would become strangers. And those that call to purifying the sunnah would be slandered and vilified. So to give you another example of this. In Darimi, in his sunnah with two chains, one of which is sahih and the other hasan. Hakim in his mustadrak sahih. Hafiz ibn Abd al-Bar in his Jami Biyan al-Ilm, Abu Nu'im al-Hilya relates it directly from the Prophet Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu he said, What will you do when a fitna prevails over you, causing an adult to turn old and a child to turn into an adult? When people will adopt it, i.e. bid'ah, a sunnah, and I unbelievably, if one rightly neglected any part of it, he will be told, I rather than being praised, you have neglected the sunnah. He was asked by the amazed listeners, when will this disastrous state of affair occur? Ibn Mas'ud replied, it will happen when your true scholars are gone. You will have many reciters. But few fuqaha, learned jurists. You will have many leaders, but few trusted ones. Worldly gains will be sought with deeds of the hereafter. And people will seek knowledge, but not for the sake of the deen. Astaghfirullah. So let's look at this. So note again, Sayyid from Ibn Masood. And yet, there's a report going back to the Prophet. So note he's doing it again. He's mentioning without going back to the Prophet. So what was the amazing statement he made? Fitna is going to cloud over you. Your adults will become old before their time. Meaning they'll be so stressed. It'll, you can see it in them. They'll age them. And the children will become adults before their time. Then look what he said. People will adopt it. I bid a, a sunnah. Bidda, they will adopt it as sunnah. And when one neglects any part of it, either one has got akal, righteousness, he goes, what's this? He keeps away from it. He will be told, you have neglected the sunnah. Are we living in these times? So the people ask, he goes, oh, teacher, when, when's this going to happen? How can the bidda become sunnah? And then he goes, when your scholars are gone, Many reciters, few jurists, many leaders, few trusted. Worldly gains will be sought with the deeds of the akhirat. 
फेक स्कॉलरशिप नेम एंड फेम एंड पीपल विल सीक नॉलेज बट नॉट फॉर द सेक ऑफ द दीन so look at the crisis with it right and this is what ibn masud was warning about radiyallahu allahu akbar are we not experiencing exactly what this blessed man foretold and warned about so for instance you said to a person brother what you're doing here is it sunnah that has now become a loaded question to many people it shouldn't be an offensive question in fact it's an excellent question why do people get offended by that because we're encircled by innovations so this is the response you'll get why are you asking that question i want to know whether i can do it and then you'll get that long-winded clarification but it boils down to one thing it's not sunnah so then you step away from it when you step away from it what do those people leave you alone no are you going to do it brother but and it's not sunnah then they will say just like ibn masud said you are neglecting the sunnah and the people he goes what is this going to happen because in that time it was rare now it's common and look at the signs we are living through it abdullah ibn masud clarified further that the allah when he said rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was taught the keys to good its conciseness and conclusiveness this is in ibn majah 2-238 ahmad in his musnad number 4160 look at the words ibn masud said radiyallahu rasulullah was given the keys to khair concise and conclusive meaning every part of goodness allah taala gave him he's left nothing out is conclusive those Whoever wants absolute comprehension of the various good and its keys then upon him is to simply adhere to the sunnah whilst at the same time be extremely cautious of any innovations <laughs> hence the utmost importance of acquainting oneself with the sunnah and the illustrious companions why because abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu said adhere to knowledge for none of you knows when he will be in need of what he has indeed a time will come when you will find people claiming they are inviting to the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even though they have discarded it behind their back those adhere to knowledge beware of innovations pedantry sophistry rather stick to the sunnah this is in ibn majah number 228 darimi in his sunan number 142 hafiz ash-shatibi rahmatullahi in his al-i'tisam page 66 of the new english translation so what was the great ibn masud simply saying radiyallahu acquire knowledge because you don't know when you will be needing that knowledge is true the more knowledge you acquire for the pleasure of allah subhanahu it protects you what did hazrat ali radiyallahu say knowledge protects you wealth needs to be protected there's a big difference between the two then he said you will find people claiming to invite to the quran and i may ask you a question are the rawafi calling to the quran yes are the khawarij calling to the quran yes 
Akadianis, according to the Quran. Yes. Who's right? It's only one book, no different Quran. Even though they've discarded it, those adhere to knowledge. Why? Because with knowledge you can cipher it out. Avoid innovations, pedantry, sophistry. Stick to the Sunnah. This will protect you. Those consider the following report. Now, what's interesting, <coughs> he's now related back to the Prophet. Murayah Hadith. In Ibn Majh, number 2865, Ahmad in his Musnad, 1 399 to 400, Tabarani in his Kabir, number 10361, Shaykh Albani, Rahmatullah, states Hassan in Sahih Al Jan, 3 216. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayala amrakum mimbaadi rijalan yutfiuna sunna wa yuhdithuna bid'a wa yuakhiruna solata an mawakitiha. Verily, some will rule after you, over you, after me, who will kill the sunna and commit innovation. They will delay the salat beyond its time. I asked, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Kaifa bi idha adlaktuhum? If I meet them, what should I do? He responded in surprise, You are asking me, O Ibn Umi Abd, Ta'atan liman asallah. There is no obedience to the one who disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He repeated this three times. There is no obedience to the one who disobeys Allah. There is no obedience. To the one who disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's look at this. Sayyid hadith or authentic hadith in Ibn Imaj and Ahmad. So what did the Prophet say? You're going to get rulers after me. What did he say? Yutfi'una sunnah wa yuhdithuna bid'ah. They will kill the sunnah. Look at the harsh words the Prophet using. Kill it. They will kill the sunnah. And they will commit innovation. They will delay salat beyond its appropriate time, which is an innovation. So Ibn Masood, look at this amazing statement he made. He goes, Kaifa bi If I meet them, what should I do, Ya Rasulullah? Meaning, should I, you know, basically go with them and hate it in my heart? What, what should I do? The Prophet said, Are you asking me? <laughs> In other words, of all my comp- you're asking me this question. There is no obedience to the one who disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't matter who he is. If somebody you know is wrong, even if he's in authority, you do not obey him. So this is from Ibn Mas'ud and he related back to the Prophet What did Abdullah Ibn Umar say? Look at these words again. You know, if you hear these reports, you're thinking, why are we in this mess? And it boils down to one thing. You've left the Sahaba. <laughs> Abdullah ibn Umar, what did he say? Radiyallahu anhumah. wa in ra'ah nasu hasana. Every innovation is misguidance. Even if mankind see it as something good. Subhanallah. Every innovation is misguidance. Wa in ra'ah nasu hasana. Even if mankind see it as something good, 
This is in Behaki in the Sunan Al Kubra number nine before and Al Madhal number one nine one. Darimi in the Sunan Ibn Nasr in his As Sunan number eight two. Al Laliqai in his Sharh Usul Al Etiqad number one two six. Sheikh Al Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in his Ahkam Al Janais page two five eight. What did I say yesterday? What's the classic line of a person when you ask him why you innovated? There's nothing but goodness in this. What's wrong with it? That's the you know sort of line they come out with. Does that justify it? We're just remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. What's wrong with that? Even if mankind see it as something good, it is misguidance, said Ibn Umar, because it's an innovation. So what was he warning you? Don't fall for that. So let me give you an example of this. Abu Nu'aym al-Hilya 6-326 Sheikh Badr al-Badr stated Sahih in his Muftah al-Jannah number 204 A man asked Imam Malik Rahmatullah Where should I put my ihram? Or where should I start my ihram? Imam Malik Rahmatullah said Zul Hulayfa where Rasulullah put his ihram So stop in the report If you haven't done Hajj in Umrah if you're in Al-Madina and you want to do the Hajj or the Umrah, you go to a masjid which is a few miles outside of Medina called Zul Hulayfa. It's located there. There's a place you put the ihram on. Why do you put your ihram on there? Because Rasulullah put his ihram on there. So the man asked Imam Malik, where should I start my ihram? So Imam Malik said, Zul Hulayfa. The man then said, but I would like to start it from Masjid al-Nabi. Next to the grave of Rasulullah. So stop in the report. Anything wrong with that? Somebody goes, SubhanAllah. You know, he wants to show his love for the Prophet. He wants to be in his presence. He wants to put the ihram on, you know, out of love and respect. You can give a tear jack and bayan over that. Imam Malik was asked about that. This is what he said. Don't do it. A fitna will strike you. The man then was confused. He goes, what fitna is that? I would only be adding a few miles. Only a couple of miles. Imam Malik Rahmatullah said, what fitna could be greater than assuming you can attain a virtue which Rasulullah felt short? Have you not read what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and he recited Surah An-Nur, Surah 24, verse 63. Shaitan Let those who oppose his sallallahu alayhi wasallam's command beware lest the fitna or a painful punishment strike them. So let's look at this. So this is a story. This is a sahih report in Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya. Question. Did the man have a good intention? Yeah. Go back to Ibn Masood. Speech without action is useless. Speech and action is useless without good intention. He's got all that. What's missing? Sunnah. So Imam Malik, he asked him, he goes, he's expecting him to say yes, mashallah. He goes, don't do it. A fitna will strike you. Fitna. Now, what's interesting about that? He didn't say you're doing something wrong. 
Because you're going to get involved in fitna, tribulation. The man goes, I don't understand. It's just a few extra miles. This is the crunch. What fitna can be greater than you thinking that you've got a good deed which Rasulullah fell short on? That's all you say to the innovators. Congratulations. You found a good deed that Rasulullah didn't tell us about. Congratulations. Stay away and pulls back. But that's what you're actually saying. You use flowery speech. Rasulullah, you found something. Shake my hand. We'll follow your sunnah. Then he hasn't finished Imam Malik. He gave a tafsir. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Surah 24 verse 63. Let those who oppose his command. Whose command? Rasulullah. Let those who oppose his command. Beware. Lest a fitna or a painful punishment strike them. Allah Ta'ala mentions two things. If you oppose my messenger, you're going to get involved in fitna. If not, a severe punishment is going to afflict you. So when a punishment is mentioned, it means it's a major sin. You understand? Well, show something is a major crime, a punishment is mentioned. The Quran is mentioning a severe punishment. This is why Rasulullah himself warned, whoever opposes my order has been disgraced and has been made inferior. Whoever opposes my order has been disgraced and has been made inferior. This is in Imam Ahmad's Muslim and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi states Sahih in Sahih al-Jabi number 2831. Let me ask you a question. Are we as an ummah as a whole being disgraced? Because what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, do we have any kind of clout, authority? Are the unbelievers fearful of us? Or are they just walk into our lands? Because well, they walk into our lands. Why is that, brother? Then he starts giving you bayan. Rasulullah said. Whoever opposes my order, what happens? Disgraced. And you are made inferior. You leave the sunnah, you go to innovations, you're dismantling the deen. That's what the Prophet's telling you. Why is innovation so beloved to shaitan? Here's a report, I can't remember the reference. Shaitan says, the people frustrate me with la ilaha illa. Meaning, I entice them to sin, they commit sin, but then they say, La ilaha illallah, it takes you out. But then I get them involved in bid'ah. And then what happens? They don't ask forgiveness. Why will they ask forgiveness? Imagine you go to a person who's innovating. Brother, see forgiveness for what you're doing. What are you talking about, brother? You should be doing, you should be getting the rewards. Shaitan goes, I've got them. I've got them. All their life, indulging in something that the Prophet never did. You found something. What did you find, brother? Apart from your own failed, you know, uh, understanding. And with regards to those matters which one is unsure, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, what did he say? In Ibn Abi Shayba, in his Al-Musannaf, number 38,383, Ibn Mas'ud, who said, 
Verily, there will soon be unclear matters. فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِتْتُعَدَى It is essential for you all to deliberate and not be hasty. فَإِنَّكَ أَن تَكُونَ تَابِعًا فِي الْخَيْرِ خَيْرًا مِنْ أَن تَكُونَ رَأْسًا فِي الشَّرِّ For indeed it is far better for you to be an adherent, a caller to good, rather than being a leader of evil. So let's look at this. So what did the great Ibrahim Masood say? See, all guidance is with the Sahaba. Hang our time, brother. One of your burger, brother, right? So what did Ibrahim Masood say? Because soon there's going to be unclear matters. Hasn't that come true? What are we supposed to do? He said, first thing you got to do. It is essential for you to be deliberate. Don't jump in. Be very careful. This is not clear. This is not from the Quran. This is not from the Sunnah. It goes, be very careful. Don't go. You know, be deliberate. Then what did he say? Fascinating. It is better for you to be a caller to good rather than being a leader of evil. Note this mighty man described an innovator as a leader of evil, not a person of evil. You're an Amir. Rasan Fishar, the head of evil. You are the head of evil when you innovate. If somebody goes, you're an evil person. That's an insult. Because no, 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 sorry, I made a mistake. You're the chief of evil. What's he calling you? <laughs> Why am I so evil? Because you're an innovator. So Ibn Masood was, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a caller to good? Or do you want to be the leader of evil? Choice is yours. Getting involved in doubtful things. Imagine, you know, what you're doing? And how could this not be when Abdullah Ibn Abbas said, I'm to finish, in Behaki in, Behaki in his Sunan Al-Kubra, 4-316, Verily the most detestable affairs to Allah the Exalted are innovations. Allahu Verily, the most detestable of affairs to Allah the Exalted are innovations. Think about that. Who's telling you that? Ahlul Bayt, Tarjaman al Quran, the cousin of Rasulullah, the one who saw Jibreel twice with his eyes, the one who's promised paradise again and again. He said, This is the worst thing in the sight of your Lord. Imagine you hear that. Oh my God. What is it, brother? I hope I haven't got it in my life. Do you innovate? You are infested with it, brother. The most detestable of affairs to Allah the Almighty are innovations. Congratulations. Wasn't there enough in the Sunnah for you to get into your life? Think about that. You know, you ask these people, brother, I'm not being funny, but don't get offended. But I think you haven't got 95% of the Sunnah in your life. Is that a fair estimation? He goes, no, you're wrong, brother. 90%. Okay, no, 90%. You have got 90% of the Sunnah. Well, I agree with you. For the sake of argument. Get it in your life. Why are you jumping to, why are you jumping to innovations? 90% of paradise is calling. Forget that. All the energy comes out for innovations. Imagine it. What did uh, one of the scholars say? Is one of the signs of fitna is people of fitna get energized. So for instance, you quote in Quran, he starts knocking out, the saliva starts coming out of his mouth. 
Like you, you mentioned the blessed narrations, the sunnah. Look at his nose. <laughs> Soon as you mention fitna, he is open. Like he walked. You're right, brother. Let's do it. Let's smash that house. Where's all the energy come from, brother? You look how interesting. Where's the energy come from? And there you go. The black heart. Right? Have you got time for that? Right? So note again, you know, these critical matters, are they being discussed? Instead of just discussing them as a dry subject, go to the companion's lives, the guides who help you through the darkness. That's what Are there any questions you like us?